Building an Uncertain Future in Iraq. Today, Tuesday, June 10th. You're tuned to the world. I'm Marco Werman. Parts of Iraq's second largest city are now in the hands of Islamist insurgents. This Iraqi exile worries about what that means. For me personally, this is a disaster because Iraq is my country and uh, I want to have a future there. I want my son to have a future there. We can't go for family visits anymore because it's so dangerous. Also, an American veteran returns to Iraq to try and save the country's marshlands. And later, record numbers of children are appearing alone in U.S. immigration courts. This lawyer says it's tough to watch. If you could see a child sitting in the courtroom where their feet don't even touch the floor and their eyes are as big as saucers and their fingers and knuckles are turning white as they grip the chair. Support for PRI's The World comes from Medtronic, celebrating people living with medical technology who are giving back to their communities. Apply for the Bakken Invitation Award and earn a $20,000 charitable grant for your charity. Learn more at liveongiveon.org. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. It was probably tough for many of you to hear some of the news out of Iraq earlier this year. We saw the strategic city of Fallujah fall prey once again to insurgents. And these are many of the same insurgents that U.S. troops fought there for so many years. Now it's happened again in another city. This time, Sunni Islamist militants have seized control of much of Mosul in northern Iraq. That's the country's second largest city, home to some two million people. And even though Mosul seemed a relatively safe and stable place throughout the Iraq war, there's been trouble brewing there for years. For an Iraqi perspective on this, we turn to Zaid al-Ali. He's an Iraqi legal scholar and author of The Struggle for Iraq's Future. We reached him in Cairo, Egypt, where he lives with his family. Zaid says that what's happened in Mosul is a big blow. Well, for me personally, this is a disaster because Iraq is my country and uh, I want to have a future there. I want my son to have a future there. And uh, our situation is getting so bad that uh, we, we can't go for family visits anymore because it's so dangerous. The last time we went for a family visit, there were explosions all around us uh, on a daily basis. And uh, my son, who's very young, uh, was put in danger completely unnecessarily. So I'm not sure when we can go back for another family visit as a result of this. Otherwise, in terms of the future of the country, politically, from a security perspective, uh, obviously the, the short to medium term is very grim. This is a huge city that's now out of control, out of the, the, uh, the government's control. Mosul is one of the Middle East's biggest cities. And uh, the fact that it's no longer under the government's control, or at least isn't now, is a really terrible development. And uh, we're waiting to see how the government is going to react. The uh, prognosis is not good. Our security services are clearly under-equipped, under-manned, uh, under-trained. So we don't know whether or not they're going to be able to retake the city anytime soon. It looks like they won't be able to. The Prime Minister of Iraq, Nuri al-Maliki, wants Parliament to declare a state of emergency. That sounds like they're really sensing the pressure and the heat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, But what's, what's worrying about that is the political aspect of this, because uh, the Prime Minister already has significant, if not total, control over the security forces. And he's already ignoring a lot of the due process rules that are included in the Constitution. So, for example, the right to fair trial, the right to be accused of a crime when you're arrested, so on and so forth. Those things are essentially ignored on a daily basis uh, in many parts of the country. So it's really unclear to me what it is exactly that the prime minister wants in addition to what it is that he already has. So it's unlikely to make the armed forces fight any better. It's unlikely to make them perform any better on the battlefield. But it's likely, however, to make Iraq a more totalitarian country. 
Well, I mean, his government, uh, Maliki's government, is dominated by Shiites. He's been criticized for marginal, marginalizing the Sunni community in Iraq. Do you see the poison political atmosphere contributing to the situation in northern Iraq, or is the political atmosphere getting poisoned by the violence? Well, I would, I would say that it's a combination, right? So there's no question that the heavy-handed security measures uh, that I described just a moment ago uh, were mostly concentrated in uh, what's referred to as Sunni majority areas. But where I disagree is that the prime minister has marginalized Sunnis, because in fact, everyone's marginalized under his rule. Uh, it's not Sunnis exclusively. Everyone is. He concentrates power in his own hands, in the hands of a very small number of people that's around him. And so other Shia, if that's the way you want to talk about these things, are also extremely upset with his rule. So he has the support of around a quarter of the population, but everyone else is very, very exasperated with his rule and are trying to find a way in order to make sure that he doesn't return for a third term.